0: Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interviewed Tammy Carney, a registered dietitian and certified coach in metabolic balance. We talked today about holistic nutrition for women and how nutrition can balance your hormones. She says that when she's coaching her clients, there's four main categories that nutrition is affecting them. It's insulin, acidity, microbiome, and inflammation. We break down all four of these, and she tells us that all four of these affect our estrogen levels. And so that's why nutrition is so important for women in terms of balancing their cycle or their menopausal symptoms, because all four of these categories directly affect how our estrogen levels and effectiveness are in our body. We talk about the vaginal microbiome and the lack of research there is in terms of Sure, we know that nutrition affects your gut microbiome, but what about your vaginal microbiome? That's a whole nother ecosystem that no one's looking at. If you're looking at it, please message us because I'd love to interview you. We also talk about chronic stress on hormones. This has been a super fascinating episode about how we eat affects the way women feel. All right, Tammy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Brittany. I'm so happy
0: to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're friends with Julie Hakeem, my co-founder for Femtech Focus. Um, she recommended you uh, as a nutritionist for women's health. Yes.
1: Yeah, Julie and I work out hard together every morning. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. So you're friends in the health sector, right? Your fitness pals. Five in the
1: morning. Five we in the morning?
0: God bless you. Heavy weights. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, how did you and Julie meet? We
1: like working out, so we belong to the same gym. Oh. And I, um, she worked out with another girl, they work out at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try working out with them, and I loved it. So they're the reason why I wake up at 4 30 and hit the gym at yeah. five in the
0: morning. Well, you know what? Julie's probably the only person I would wake up at five in the morning every yeah. day for, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. Well, Tammy, we're so excited to hear about what you're doing and how nutrition affects women's health and wellness. So why don't you start by telling us about your background?
1: Okay. Uh, yes, this is absolutely my passion. So <laughs> I am so excited that you're giving me this platform so we can talk about this. Um, first of all, I was born and raised in Costa Rica. So that explains the accent. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: and um, I moved to the United States. so I went to school at UT, Austin. I had a double major in nutrition and psychology. So mm-hmm. I've always been interested in nutrition. At the beginning, I started very much in the clinical um, sector. So I worked in hospitals and it was a very invasive part of nutrition. I actually did two feedings and intravenous nutrition for mm-hmm. people that were pretty sick. When I moved to Houston uh, from Miami, I also worked in a hospital. But I started at that point, I started running marathons. And I got very interested in sports nutrition. So I was already changing more to Mm -hmm. the preventive side of nutrition. And I got one of the first certifications in sports nutrition, um, but still very much focused on the physical side. Mm -hmm. It was recently now that I got very involved with holistic nutrition
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: I realized that it's more of a physical, mental, emotional approach if you really want to change somebody's life. Um, so that's, that's kind of like my, my background and how I progress
0: in nutrition to a more preventive, um, side. And so are the majority of your clients women?
1: Uh, yes, but I do have, uh, like a few men Mm -hmm. and that is what's interesting. So I, when I started with holistic nutrition, it's like, it's interesting. It was because a friend of mine. She got breast cancer. So um, she went, She was a physician herself and she went to the traditional route for like treating breast cancer. And It's very like hormone, like, you know, estrogen related. Mm-hmm. But she also was looking for alternative medicine. And she looked into like holistic approaches, including holistic nutrition, to the point that she had such a dr- drastic change in her life that she opened a wellness center. And she asked me to look into this holistic nutrition approach to see if I can see clients at her center. And that's how I got into the holistic nutrition uh, part of it because I saw how it helped her.
2: Yeah.
1: And I wanted to see like, if it like if can help other people. I did it on myself. I was my first client. <laughs> and that's a, it, it definitely helps women. I'm in my 40s. I'm a mother of three. And I was having a hard time losing weight, even though I was eating healthy, I was exercising every day of my life. I had hit a plateau, and a lot had to do with hormones. Mm-hmm. I was also having some like premenopausal symptoms, like so like night sweats and like difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. So when I tried this on myself and I saw the changes that it had like it did for me, I, that's when I started like cardi nutrition and I wanted to help other people. They were having the same. So I started with women, but I've had
0: men also. Yeah. What's the difference between good nutrition and holistic nutrition?
1: You know, it's like it's still nutrition. The only thing about holistic is that you realize that it takes more than just the physical side, right? It involves the mental, emotional, even spiritual side. So you have to treat the person as a whole. Mm. Uh, Really have to look under the hood. And see what is causing, so if they come with you with like like weight, like they want to lose weight, you have to kind of like dig deep and see what is causing them to have this. More than just treating the symptoms, I like to understand the root cause of their problems. Yeah, And I think that's the difference in how I have progressed in my mentality in nutrition.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's a common thread between women's common core problem? Did
1: you know, it's. I've had women present uh, with different, like, concerns. So I've had women, yes, like, that are maybe premenopausal, so a lot of it is hormonal. Mm-hmm. But I've also had women that come with, like, thyroid problems, and they haven't been able to lose weight because, like, even if they have Hashimoto, where they don't have any more thyroid, so their metabolism is already,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, affected. So I've had clients like that. I've had girls... They come to me that they don't have like a menstrual cycle because they've been in restricting diets. So there's not necessarily a common thread. I just think that you have to tackle like different things and you have to get your body in balance. Mm -hmm. Like hormones, you have to tackle like inflammation, like acidity. You have to deal with the gut bacteria. So there's many things that you have to do to help a person reach like their goals right i always say that like when your body is in balance your body does amazing things Mm -hmm. right the body is meant to heal itself if you do the right things the body is meant to heal itself yeah Uh, so that's what i've seen
0: yeah well i love those four categories you said i think you said like acidity and gut microbiome um what do those things have to do with hormones how do they affect hormones
1: So the first thing, so in this program that I'm offering now, and I, I see great results, so I know it works mm-hmm. uh, for different people. They come with different concerns, but I tackle like four main things. First of all, um, you have to regulate insulin,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Insulin is the main hormone of metabolism, but all the other hormones follow insulin. Mm-hmm. So like anything from like melatonin, so people that are having difficulty sleeping, um, cortisol, cortisol. Which is your stress hormone, mm-hmm. UHEA, um, So, like, like anti-aging, like everything follows insulin. So, the first thing that I do is I regulate their insulin by giving them. I believe in eating carbohydrates. I actually do not believe in diets that do not offer carbohydrates. But it's a different type of carbohydrate. So like we do go low glycemic. So nothing that gives you like that big spike and mm-hmm. then a
0: crack.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the first thing. So I regulate their insulin. So then all the other hormones follow. Yeah.
0: And quick question. And then, yes. The, does estrogen and progesterone uh, get affected 100%. by insulin? 100%. Oh, okay.
1: So the sex hormones. Yes. 100%. So
0: when I eat ice cream. I'm not only, I'm not only affecting my insulin and my pancreas, I'm affecting my estrogen and progesterone.
1: All the other hormones follow insulin. Okay. So one of the first things that you have to do is regulate that. Okay. So we do that by low glycemic and also leaving some breaks in between meals. So insulin has a chance to come down blood. Your sugars have a chance to come down. Mm -hmm. Also you lose weight that way, right? That's when you're able to lose fat. So you're Mm -hmm. getting both benefits. Then we tackle inflammation uh, because inflammation is called a silent killer. You know, I cannot see, look at you and see if you have inflammation mm-hmm. unless I start checking your lab work and look for those specific markers. Mm-hmm. If somebody has inflammation; you have to deal with that. Yeah. Then like, look at person acidity. So
0: wait, wait, that, I have questions about inflammation. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, what parts of the body are are inflamed and are uh, do women have a you know higher predisposition to having inflammation
1: well inflammation yes by the way it it's a, like a lot of things can cause inflammation um inflammation is a regular like it's a good thing for your body so mm-hmm. when your body is fighting like a pathogen, like a bacteria or a virus, Mm -hmm. inflammation is something that you use to protect your body, right? The problem is when you don't shut down that inflammation, that Mm -hmm. inflammatory response becomes chronic. Mm -hmm. So that your body cannot, that's not a healthy way to be. And there's ways, lab work, that you can measure the level of inflammation. Actually, inflammation now has been linked to heart disease even more than high cholesterol of the amount of plaque that you have in your artery, wow. yeah. So the level of inflammation is a is a better predictor for uh, for heart disease than any of those things wow. that we used
2: to believe. Huh.
1: So it has to do a lot with yes, like the way that your body response to inflammation some people like don't shut it, don't shut down like the inflammatory response mm-hmm. but diet has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. so we eat foods that are anti-inflammatory um and when you don't do that then yeah your body has inflammation
0: what's an example of a food that makes you inflamed and what's an example of an anti-inflammatory food
1: I mean, you, you've you heard anti-inflammatory omega-3s, so fish oils, right? Mm. Like good fats are 100% anti-inflammatory. Uh, there's like, there's many things that like there's like green tea, there's a lot of foods, most of the healthy foods that we eat, like have like in, anti-inflammatory, yeah. but I think one is yeah, omega-3s. Mm-hmm. So either from like plant, like flaxseed and chia and stuff like that, or from fish oil, mm-hmm. that's a very big anti-inflammatory. In um, our diets, like, yes, anything that causes acidity, all those things that we eat, a lot of processed food, we eat a lot of, like, preservatives, um, like, alcohol, all the diets, that, like, the diet that we're eating causes inflammation, it causes acidity. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes.
1: So that's not, your body wants equilibrium. It wants homeostasis, right? You're yeah. And it's going to search for that, but we are not providing the, like, the diet that, that causes that yeah and another, like i was mentioning like you said is your good gut bacteria the microbiome we need to like we need to get like um so tackle that as part of the holistic nutrition so i make sure that those things that i deal with those four things mm-hmm. once your body you give your body a chance um to regulate all those four things the body does amazing things what it does becomes just a side effect like a Like a great side effect, but it's more about health and wellness. You feel better, you move better, you sleep better. Your skin glows. Like everything
0: changes. Yeah. So the with the gut microbiome, so that's the bacteria that's living in your stomach, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. But women also have a vaginal flora, um, so bacteria, you know, that live in our vulva. And so, does nutrition affect that bacteria too?
1: Actually, yes. So You've heard about probiotics and prebiotics. So yeah. Probiotics are when you eat the actual culture. So like yogurts, kefir, all those things uh-huh. have the culture. Prebiotics are fiber that uh, that feeds the good bacteria. Uh-huh. So when you, like there's bacteria, there's more bacteria in your gut than the cells in your body. So we have a lot of bacteria. It is feeding the good bacteria because when you don't have the good bacteria, then the bad bacteria... Overgrows mm-hmm. in the so we have both. And in a normal person, like that is healthy, you can have some bad bacteria that doesn't take over your body as long as you have a good bacteria that counteracts that. So it's super important to have good like um, gut microbiome, and mm-hmm. we we do that by yeah we eat a lot of like probiotics, but the diet is also very high in fiber, so it's prebiotics. Mm. And if we have that, by the way, like. Um, like more than 75% of the immunity of your body comes from your your gut, from your intestines. Yeah. Like 95% of the serotonin in, in your body, so like what controls your mood and depression, co- comes from the gut. So now they're learning that it's much more important than what we used to think yeah. before.
0: Well, it sounds like there's a lot of research coming out about the gut microbiome. Do you think there's yes. research coming out about the woman's vaginal biome you know like i wonder you know we used to think that the gut bacteria were kind of just there and useless and weren't doing anything right and now we're like oh wait it might be the reason they're autism or depression or there's yes, like all this right. research coming out
1: there were a lot of new studies about that which is super interesting yeah, yes. but
0: do you know if there's any studies coming out about the vaginal flora affecting our health you
1: know, I
0: haven't looked into it, but now that you've done it, you know, like I'm a, such a nerd that I'm going to go look it up. Yeah. For real. yeah Cause that I haven't heard about that. Yes. Yeah. And I'll come really? <laughs> because <laughs> I wonder, you know, when you were talking about like your gut microbiome is a lot of your immune system, I wonder about women's vaginal flora and, you know, a protection against STIs, you know, or are you more susceptible to, you know, the yeast overgrowing, or, um, you know, different infections and you UTIs, urinary tract infections, and just well, stuff like that. Like, what's the correlation? I
1: I because don't, like you know how they always recommend like cranberry juice, so you can change mm.
0: the acidity
1: and stuff like that. So it has to be. We're so definitely gonna look into that, and we're gonna do a podcast
0: on that yeah we talk a or, lot about on this podcast like what do we need more of and a lot of people say it's just research we don't just don't have the data no one's looked no one's asked no one's funded right. that question you know
1: you know something like when you were asking me why do i think that we need as part of the femtech industry right mm-hmm. for me it's i think we need like so when well, i think more than 75 or 90 percent of the 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 people presenting to their doctors, most of their concerns are either preventable or can be like, can like, you know, you can make it better with lifestyle changes. So yeah. I wish that we can move more towards that. So when somebody presents with something like a condition that was either preventable or that we can, they can be made better with lifestyle changes for doctors to like screen for that mm-hmm. and give patients a chance to make those lifestyle changes. Give yeah. them like three months. Refer them to somebody like me or like somebody that, that helps them with like stress management mm-hmm. or with exercise and see they can change it in with lifestyle changes. Yeah. And if not, then jump into more invasive procedures and give them medications, but at least give patients a chance to change their lifestyle and make it better. Mm-hmm. You know like so mm-hmm. that for me is one of the things But it's important and better screening.
0: And we Uh, also live in a culture, though, of instant gratification. And so I know many, many people who, if they're sick, 80% of the time they're sick with a virus and antibacterial isn't actually going to help them. But in the United States, people are like, but I just want a pill that at least makes me think I'm feeling better, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's on both sides. Like It's like the doctor... Um, being too quick to write a prescription instead of suggesting lifestyle changes, but it's also the consumer, the patient saying, just give me a pill. You know, I'm too busy. I'm too stressed. You know, you know,
1: that uh, one of the things uh, that I'm very interested about. So like about 30% of the U S population have metabolic syndrome, which is called the syndrome X, right? Okay. So it's, it's a cluster of like things that includes like, Abdominal obesity, diabetes, mm-hmm. like type two diabetes, high blood pressure, high triglycerides, and those cause most of the chronic diseases that we are like facing right now. Yeah. If doctors start screening for those things, all those things can be fixed with lifestyle changes or made much better. Mm-hmm. So if they give like patients a chance like, like refer them, better referral, I think, better screening and better referral mm-hmm. to see if they can do some lifestyle changes and avoid the invasive procedures, mm-hmm. avoid taking medication. Every medication has side effects, mm-hmm. right? And your body is meant to heal itself. I always say that. So give your body a chance. Yeah. But patients don't know. So they need somebody in the healthcare industry that tells them, you know, if you go see a dietitian, if you go start exercising, you like manage your stress all these things can be avoided and you don't have to go for an invasive procedure. You don't have to take a medication. So give people a chance yeah, I think yes. Educate them and give them a chance. Like this current pandemic is a perfect example because there's a lot of studies that say that people that have metabolic syndrome are, are at a disadvantage yep. with Corona, right? Because they already have high levels of inflammation, and COVID-19 already causes inflammation. So these people are at a disadvantage.
2: Mm-hmm. So we
1: do have to make, like, like do a better job as, as making them healthy. So when we're dealing with something like this or any other virus, like you say, we, like, we are not at a disadvantage. 30% of the U.S. population are, are at a disadvantage right yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Because of this. So I have this um, idea in my head. I want you to tell me if it's true or not, that... If I feel my vaginal flora is imbalanced, like if I feel a yeast infection coming on or something, I should eat lots of yogurt. Is that true? Should is that real?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh my <'Cause>, god! <laughs> you know, a lot of it, so yogurt and stuff like that. A lot of that doesn't make it.
0: That's uh, what I would thought. Well, now that I'm you a, you know, cr- in your stomach, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it, is, it is difficult, actually. I actually believe more in prebiotics. So you have to, mm. like, it takes time, right? So it's not going to be an immediate fix.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so over time, you have to do this, but you do have to keep your like, intestinal flora healthy.
2: Mm-hmm. It takes
1: time, so it's not going to be like a, a like a magic bullet. So over time, you have to do a combination of probiotics, like yogurt mm-hmm. and kefir and like kombucha and all those things. But also for me, even more important is fiber, So, the right type of fiber makes it to feed Mm -hmm. the gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So, even more than probiotics, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: But it takes time. I I wouldn't treat it in that moment (laughs) with yogurt because I think it takes time. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it's (laughs) funny. I, you know, was... Raised in a house with my mom and my sister, and that's just like what we live by. Like, oh, you're not right. you're feeling imbalanced? Eat yogurt. Eat four yogurts a day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and no, it's
1: great. So I, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to deal with that in that moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm like an adult PhD scientist, critical thinker, and now I'm like, oh, I gotta get yogurt, and I'm like have I ever really thought about this? Like, how do I think this bacteria in this k- yogurt is going to get all the way down there? I don't, you know, it's
1: for you to make it all the way there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but I told you
1: that's going to be our next podcast. We are going to do some research on this.
0: Yes. It's, it's so interesting. <laughs> um, so, you know, I know Julie actually talks to me a lot about this, that she sees in her own clinics. So I'd love to get your um, input on it. Is that, there are a lot of young girls that are overweight to the point that they lose their periods. Can you talk to us about like, what does weight have to do with your period?
1: Well, is that both sides of the spectrum? So I've had clients Mm. that because like of obesity, yes, it causes it's actually because of like insulin resistance is the Mm. problem with insulin again. Mm. So either obesity like because of insulin and because of like high blood sugars, it affects it that way. But I also have the other side of the spectrum where girls are raised to be thin at all costs, mm-hmm. right? So they're on a very restrictive diet and they, they fear fats. Mm-hmm. So I see girls that have a diet, that they eat be- like barely any fat you cannot produce estrogen without cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said about good fats. Your body needs good fats to be able to have a menstrual cycle. So I'm I've I've seeing both sides of the call. Yeah, And for me, I think one of the most important things, first is for my clients, so I develop a rapport with them so they trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the, my, my program has to speak for itself. Once they always start, most of my clients start, kind of like skeptical and afraid because these are people that want to lose weight or they have joint pain and they, they have to like trust the system. And Mm -hmm. they, once they do the program, they're like, Oh my God, once they see that, yes, you can eat healthy fats and there's a place for that in your diet and they're not gaining weight and they're actually getting their menstrual cycle. Once they believe you and they believe the program, then, then you you got them, you know, Mm -hmm. but I've seen both sides. You cannot be obese and like have like regular menstrual cycles and you cannot be super skinny and not eat things like meat, like they have iron or fat to produce like estrogen. So both sides, not good.
0: Yeah. That's, thanks for breaking that down because, you know, um, so I actually studied evolutionary genetics. So everything I think about is always like, well in an evolution's eye that makes sense you know and I look through the lens of evolution and so I always assumed like well if you were too overweight or too underweight your right. body naturally would just say like this is probably isn't a good time to have a child because you're unhealthy either in a obese right. sense or too thin sense but I, I like now what you're talking about under the hood that it has to do with insulin affecting estrogen and then that is what is affecting the period right. yeah
1: and actually now I'm very interested. So now my new focus, a lot of it is on chronic stress. Ooh. So I think 90% of, like, oh, we all deal with stress, right? Mm-hmm. Because the United States of America. So <laughs> stress has a lot to do with it. Um, again, cortisol, When when you, like, so they're both produced by the adrenal glands. If your adrenal glands are so, under stress that they're focused on producing those stress hormones Mm. all your reproduction is put to the side so for men that's testosterone from women is estrogen so i think a lot so uh, along with all the things that we talked about inflammation and acidity i think we also have to start looking at uh, chronic stress so i was saying like things that i think i would love to see in the femtech industry is better screening so we need to start including like, like um, stress, chronic stress markers when we, when we do like a regular checkup yeah. and nation markers. So I think people have to start realizing that there's things that are under the hood, like you said, mm-hmm. that we don't, see when we just look at a person, but we need to, we need to see where they stand. Yeah. And kind do like do that holistic approach. It's, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am actually a really big advocate for um, childhood trauma awareness. So awareness of childhood trauma, the effects of it, and then treatments for it. And so when you're talking about chronic stress, I, I definitely... I'm picking up on the United Stressed of America, right? Like we're all going 100 miles an hour, you know, have to do all these things. It has to have been done yesterday, you know, and we have to be skinny and pretty and all these things. But I'm actually a really big, you know, Think I I think way more people have PTSD than is diagnosed. And so do you think PTSD has to do with weight and nutrition as well and these hormones? Stress
1: is – in, especially in women. So there's a big relation between cortisol and estrogen, mm-hmm. right? But nutrition has a lot to do with the adrenal glands. And um, so your diet, like, so it's very interesting. Your diet has, that's why I'm studying now like chronic stress and nutrition, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot uh, that we need to learn about that. Yeah. Uh, and how you can manage, you want your diet to produce the least amount of like physical stress as possible, mm. so that's why I say um, I do believe there are, a diet needs some form of carbohydrate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think when you you totally develop, like the, you're in a diet that has no carbohydrates, your body is stressed because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's things in nutrition that absolutely can help with the whole allostatic load. Would you say mm-hmm. like which is the whole stress load? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's what I'm studying right now.
0: I love it. Um, You'll definitely have to come back on. (laughs) That's my new area of interest
1: because I see that I can help my clients even more Yeah, uh, with this focus. Yes.
0: Let's talk about women versus men's nutrition. So um, what are, what are some in general main differences between what a woman should be eating versus what a man should be eating based on our biology?
1: Okay. So let's think about that. I think it's, like for men and women, the four things that we talked about, like inflammation uh-huh. and acidity, I think they and they they apply to both, mm-hmm. right? Um hmm. we've heard that
0: see. we've heard that dairy is really bad for women because it affects their hormones. Do you concur?
1: No, I actually for me it's not the dairy. The dairy is not the problem. Um so the I am a firm believer in grass-fed. So if you're going to yeah. eat anything from an, from an animal, mm-hmm. I do believe in grass-fed. The reason being is, again, the omega-3s. Okay. So I think the bad rep that animal products have uh, have been getting is not that it's the animal product, it's what the animal is eating. Yeah, yeah. So I always say if you eat cows, make sure that they eat grass mm-hmm. uh, because then... There's more omega-3s than omega-6. One is inflammatory, one is anti-inflammatory. Got it. So I don't think that you should stay away from dairy products unless you have a problem with dairy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not the dairy that is the problem. It's that I would go with like a grass-fed, organic, so it's what the cow is eating. Yeah. the big difference. Um, I do um, stay away from fat-free products, to be Mm -hmm. honest. So if I eat dairy, it's full fat. And that's something that I need to get across my clients because they're always afraid because since the 1970s, we've been like, after they had like the Framingham study, it was all like fat free, low fat. And actually people got fatter. The reason mm-hmm. being is that when you take away fat, you add sugar to the products, right? Because yeah. fat is where the, the flavor is. So you add sugar. The problem in, your, in our diets is not fat. The problem in our diet is excess sugar.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I have to convince them that if they buy yogurt, they have to buy whole milk yogurt. If they buy regular milk, it has to be whole milk. And it takes a while for them to believe me, but then they feel so much better.
0: Yeah. And what? let's talk about that, actually. So, you know, culturally, there... definitely in the United States. We'll just speak for this country first, but there's a pressure on women to be as skinny as possible with the Um, biggest breasts and the biggest butts possible. Right. And so what um, has your career, what does your shirt say?
1: Okay. So
0: (laughs) because I grew
1: up under that mentality, it was like skinny at all costs. Yes. And I was never like the skinny girl. So I always had curves as a toddler. I had curves, okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was difficult. I do like, and I don't know if you agree with me, but the, the trend now for women is more: what's beautiful is strong and healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Know I'm wearing a shirt right now that says thick. Thick.
0: thick yeah. That's
1: the new trend, and right. I love that trend. Yeah. You know yep. that I think we need to capitalize on that. So it's more about health, wellness, and now women that are thick that are muscular, that mm-hmm. are healthy, that are strong, I think they're viewed as beautiful when I did not grow up with that. yeah. So I think that's that's fantastic. I'm, I have a daughter and I'm so happy yeah. that, that she's growing. But there's still, yeah, there's still women. The thing that, um, thin at all costs. And yeah, that is, that is a problem because we only have one body. So that's something, especially with my young girls, the ones that have they come with no menstrual cycle. Yeah. I have to get across to them that they're going to feel better, that this is something they still, they're not going to gain weight, but they have to start eating healthy. And the, the trend is more towards like being strong, being healthy, not skinny, but I think we're going.
0: Yeah. We're getting way. there. I, we're I, I totally agree that we're there's thank God there's some movement, you know, <laughs> towards being, you know, strong and healthy. And, you know, I, I, But then I see people, women like Selena Williams, you know, the tennis player who is the epitome of thick and strong and healthy. And yet she is still like not praised on her beauty. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And so I know we have a lot of progress to still be made. I actually, it's so funny. We bring this up. I shared last night on Facebook, there was a, uh, you know, how they do the screenshots of tweets. And somebody had tweeted a picture of Adele when she was really, really obese, and Adele yeah. now, and she's super skinny, and which is fantastic. But the yeah. the caption was um, her greatest accomplishment to date: uh, losing oh. so oh, many oh, pounds. And somebody replied, "Her greatest accomplishment to date is eight Grammys." You know, <laughs> oh, losing weight is yeah. lovely, but it's not her biggest accomplishment. And I'm like, so oh my gosh!
1: No for women, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it's true. But I. So for me, that's, that's one of my passions. That's mm-hmm. one of my missions because I struggled with this my whole life. And mm-hmm. we grew up under like different circumstances. So mm-hmm. it was really thin at all costs. But I, when I get my clients, I do want to teach them that we only have one body. And mm-hmm. you have to do something because not every diet is healthy. So mm-hmm. I try to explain that to them, that I can get them there. But for me, the priority is health. Yeah. and wellness, and their well-being. Um, and it's hard because there's, you know, there's a lot of fat diets and everything that causes a caloric deficit is going to help you lose weight. But I try to explain to them, for instance, if you eat a very high-protein diet, right, which I'm not very crazy about, with no carbohydrates, mm-hmm. that causes acidity.
2: Mm-hmm. Your
1: body cannot live in an acid environment, so your body's going to neutralize it. So what does your body do? It pulls minerals from your bones and from your muscles. Mm-hmm. So you end up with weak bones and weak weak muscles, which is not what you want in the long term. So I need to teach them that uh you have to do it the healthy way. Yeah. Uh, you have to do, if you want to lose weight, absolutely, we can lose weight. Uh, but do it in a way that is not gonna help like, it's not gonna hurt you in the long term. Yeah. So for me, that is my my mission yeah. <laughs> and my passion.
0: Well, you know, it sounds like, you know, so much of femtech that we we interview and we talk about, we think about is usually something that has to do with like an app to connect moms or it has to do with a medical device or a drug. But I wonder if femtech is also a media company that promotes women that are, you know, fit, you know, Um, femtech is modifying how marketing talks to women about their bodies.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think we are going in that. I think there's a lot that still needs to be Uh done, uh but I love that now women can be proud of their curves. Yeah, It's more about being strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like when I go to the gym and I see these women like lifting Mm -hmm. like weights, before that was not something we would have done. Right. It was being like a stick figure. (laughs) That's what I grew up with. I don't know about you. Yeah. So then now, I embrace my curves and I embrace my muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm happy that we're going that direction. But I think a lot, like, yeah, when I hear about Adele, I yeah, there's still a lot that has to be done. Yeah.
0: It just makes you want to smack um, your face. You're just like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. And so I want to make sure I ask questions that our listeners love hearing, which the first one is, what is a femtech you know, innovation product movement that you would really love to see happen?
2: Yeah,
1: so like I said, I think a lot of it is education
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like in prevention, right? So we have to educate not only customers, right? About like prevention and, and, and different approaches that they, they, they can do to their chronic illnesses, but also healthcare professionals. So the primary care physicians, I think they need education mm-hmm and we need better screening, like I, like I said, yeah. so they can start including things like inflammation markers, mm-hmm. like markers of stress, so that we see what's going on under the hood, and we start treating the person as a whole. So mm-hmm. if they show up with one chronic illness, like don't just treat the symptoms. Let's look at the root cause and then treat that and yeah. give the patients a chance to make the lifestyle changes. So when they see a primary the primary care doctor, and they come with high blood pressure or high triglycerides or, like, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, instead of, like, saying I would love in my perfect world, it would be the doctor would say, before I start you on any medications, let me refer you to this specialist. They can help you make lifestyle changes. I'll give you three months. We'll reassess in three months. But a lot of these things... (laughs) can be changed with lifestyle yeah, yeah. and your body can heal itself and you don't have to go to invasive procedures mm-hmm. and medications. So that's what I would love to see.
0: Yeah. Um, I love it. And what do you think femtech as an industry needs the most right now in general, when people that are trying to improve women's health and wellness, what, what could we really use right now?
1: Like I think that approach where you treat every person like in a more individualized Way I think you need to start understanding, like you say, PTSD. Where, where, where are you coming from? Mm -hmm. What is causing? What, what? If somebody is a hundred pounds overweight, you need to look at their story. Why? What is it that you're dealing with Mm. that you're a hundred pounds overweight? Yeah. So I think for you to be able to really treat, like, especially like women, because yes, women are, and if we like, if we treat women, they're. They make decisions for everybody in their household. So that's a great, if we can change their mind and their life, then they have a great impact on a lot of other people. So that's love. Like, that's why I love women too. But I think you have to treat people as individuals and you have to have that like holistic mentality that it's more like of a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual and understand what is causing this problem so like we said like look under the hood so i think that's where we should all like we should start changing our focus towards that and understanding what is going on
0: yeah so what i'm hearing is like femtech as an industry should make sure that we're thinking about people individually rather than this herd mentality because women are so multifaceted we have so many different things going on that one solution does not actually fix everyone everyone needs uh it catered
1: I don't believe in one size fits all. I think mm-hmm. that fits nobody. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we're complex individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that is happening to you right now, like comes from your childhood, from the way that you think, from the mm-hmm. way that you see things, from like your, your physical, your mental, your emotional. And if we, like we can make, we can put a bandaid over their symptoms, right? But if you really don't treat what's causing this, it's gonna come up in a different way, like yeah. we were talking about chronic stress. Um, everybody has stress. It's teaching people how to manage it, and I mm-hmm. think why some people develop chronic illnesses because of stress, and some others don't. So you have to understand where people are coming from,
2: yeah.
1: And you have to see the whole picture. So for me, Femtech has to be more of like looking at the whole picture, seeing everybody um, as an individual. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what's gonna make the biggest difference. I love it. That's what I'm trying to do with nutrition right
0: now. Yeah. Well, Tammy, this has been so much fun. Um, I'm pretty. Sh- I-, I may wake up one day at 5 a.m. to come work out with you and Julie because these yeah. guys sound so fun.
1: <laughs> you will be hooked.
0: <laughs> well, this has been awesome, and um, we should definitely do another episode after we dig into vaginal flora and how you that affects. That,
1: you know that when when we stop this, I'm gonna go research that. And <laughs>
0: Email you so we can do a podcast on that. I love it. I love it. Great, Tammy. Well, I will we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. This is so much fun. I appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to my interview with Tammy Carney on women's nutrition. You can follow Tammy on Instagram at Carney Nutrition. That's K A R N I Nutrition on Instagram. I am so inspired by our conversation about thick being beautiful, strong and powerful is the new beautiful. It's always been beauty, but we are so encouraged that there is a new wave now of women knowing that being strong and thick is healthy and it's empowering and it's what our bodies were made to be. so if you need nutritional you know, um, help, there are lots of nutritionists out there that can help you balance your hormones and, and get thick, strong, and beautiful. The body is interconnected. What we eat affects our estrogen, whether or not we knew that. Um, I am so inspired by Tammy and her work empowering women through nutrition. Support the podcast by sharing it with your network. You know, this one is about nutrition. There's so many people in your life you could probably share this one with, not just women. So support us by sharing it, subscribe, rate and review us on on Spotify and iTunes and follow us on social media at Femtech Focus. And until next time, keep innovating in Femtech because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.